the best in the world. I've been the best ever since day one on this microphone, in that ring, even in commentary. And trust me when I tell you, I am the hottest property in this industry today. Nobody can touch me. The only thing that's real is me, day in and day out. I am the best in the world. Do I have everybody's attention now? What up, people? Welcome to your second edition for this week of the Salty Dorty Donnie Oo podcast. Featuring the one and only Donnie Oo, best the world, and what he does. This is the promised NBA playoff preview. I will say at the beginning of this recording that... Donnie is very pissed off. Donnie feels betrayed. Donnie feels a little bit of sorrow. And I had to take a I had to take a break. Cause I was going to record this earlier, or should I say yesterday? Friday night, May 21st. 2021 and uh, I was like you know what if it's going to be a playoff preview guess what I have to wait until this play-in game the final play-in game of the play-in tournament will conclude and that said game would be or should I say was the Golden State Warriors versus the Memphis Grizzlies fighting it out Winner gets the eighth seed, loser go home. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to be in a celebratory mood at the conclusion of this game. And that'll be a perfect segue to record this playoff preview. As you can tell from the sound of my voice and any of the longtime listeners know, as recently as two years ago, I officially proclaimed Golden State to be one of the teams that I root for. <sighs> Go figure. I swear. I should be called Donnie Black Cloud because it seems like wherever or whoever I root for, if they were reaching success... Before I start rooting for them, guess what? They ain't successful while I'm rooting for them. And that's exactly what the fuck happened. So, the playoff teams in each conference is as follows. I will start with the Eastern Conference. The playoff teams, or should I say the playoff matchups? The Philadelphia 76ers will be going against the number eight seed Washington Wizards. The Brooklyn Nets, the number two seed, will be facing the Boston Celtics. The Milwaukee Bucks, the number three seed, will be facing the Miami Heat, and last but definitely not least, my, our, New York Knicks, the number four seed, will be facing the Atlanta Hawks. Now in the resting conference, the number one seed, Utah Jazz, will uh, face uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. The number two seed, Phoenix Suns, they will be going against Los Angeles Lakers. The number three seed, Denver Nuggets, will be going against the Portland Trailblazers. The number four seed, the Los Angeles Clippers, will be going against the Dallas Mavericks. That, those are your matchups for the first round 
of the playoffs. And I will be going through all those matchups, giving my predictions, and will ultimately give you my prediction for who will bring home the NBA championship. And this is not a prediction. Some would say this is a spoiler. It won't be the gentrification Brooklyn Nets. So that is what's on tap for this episode. So let's get this shit on the way. Let's get this shit over with. Man. Uh, yeah, let's get this shit over with. Good night. And goodbye. Bang. But let me get this shit off my chest first. Golden State had not one, but two fucking opportunities to get into the playoffs. They were the eight seed going into the playing tournament. We had a 13 point lead in LA against the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron was still looking gimpy. AD at one time was three for 15 from the field. We had a very sloppy third quarter. Allowed the Lakers to get their feet underneath themselves. Get whatever, I won't say butterflies out their stomach because they are the defending champions. But I'm allowed them to get their feet up under themselves, reassess, and make a game of it. And uh, needless to say, it came down to this. LeBron James got fouled on his way to the rim by Draymond Green. And LeBron acted like he was shot. That somebody took a bat over, took a bat over his head and commenced to swing for the fences. And he's down in pain. He's down on the ground. He's wallowing in pain. Ooh, ooh, my head. Ooh, my eyes. Ooh, I hurt. Ooh, are they replaying it? Ooh, uh, ooh, uh. I swear, normally... I don't plug motherfuckers, I don't know, but check the YouTube out of DJ, I believe, DJ Michi Meech with the voiceovers of various sporting events. And I'm quite sure that he put a video out of LeBron on the ground. Check him out. So they took they went to the replay. They went to the replay booth to try to decipher whether it was a flagrant or not. Draymond, yes, he did come in contact with the head, but it wasn't intentional. It wasn't intentional. And I just knew, I'm like, oh, come on, here come the bullshit. To my surprise, they ruled it as a common foul. Regularly, a regular two shots at the foul line and keep it pushing. So while they're, before the ruling came out, LeBron is on the sideline. He's getting a massage. He's getting eye drops. He's telling anybody with an earshot, I can't see. I can't see. Yo, I can't see. I got I to gotta shoot these foul shots. I can't see. So I'm thinking, I'm like, all right. Best case scenario, he misses both. Probably he'll probably split, and that's what he did. So he missed. He won, he, he made the first one. He missed the second one. To end up being a tie game, with under a minute remaining. Here's where the bullshit happens. Under a minute remaining, Lakers have the ball. Tie game. KCP of the Los Angeles Lakers receives a pass 
underneath the basket. He's under pressure. He's trying to figure out, oh my God, I can't shoot. I need to pass this ball. And he's on his pivot foot and he does a 360 and he moved around maybe about six to eight inches, his pivot foot, where he locates LeBron about 30 feet away from the basket. And uh, LeBron flings that shit up there and it's all net. And at that point in time, I looked at the time, I looked at the screen, LeBron mouths, I can't see, I can't see. Word to God, I can't see. And right then and there, I'm like, you know what? This shit ain't meant to be. This shit is not meant to be. Like, what the fuck? And yeah, the Warriors ends up end up losing that game. And at the very conclusion of that game, the first thing that went to my mind, these motherfuckers are going home on Friday. And you wanna know why? I had such a negative attitude toward the impending win or go home game, especially when we have Steph on outside. Well, last Sunday, last game of the regular season, before the play-in tournament, these same Golden State Warriors went against these same Memphis Grizzlies. And the majority of that game, Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies had Steph on lock and key. Yes, Steph did score over 40 points, but while he was being guarded by Dylan Brooks, he was 4 for 14. And Dylan Brooks was hacking him and fouling him and making him work way harder than he's even has to normally work, which is hard enough because he's the only motherfucker on that team can score. Dylan Brooks fouls out with approximately less than four minutes remaining. The Golden State Warriors now, being the fact that Steph has the handcuffs off him, uh, finished the, finish the game on a run. They went away comfortably. But the one thing I saw at that point in the game, I saw a lot of chirping from the Golden State Warriors side. Primarily from players. Whoever wants shit! Those players being Jordan Poole, who I'm a fan of. Great potential. Juan Descano Anderson, who I'm a fan of. But... Y'all haven't won a damn thing. If Draymond wanted to be on his bullshit, and Steph wanted to be on his bullshit, which they were, at least they have a resume to match the amount of shit coming out their mouth. These two motherfuckers, not at all. And then the camera flashes over to the Memphis Grizzlies side and they're looking at these Golden State Warriors celebrating and rubbing it in and they had a look of vengeance of yeah we know who we have to go against and we know who y'all have to go against so more likely we're going to see y'all bum asses on Friday and it's going to be a different story and boy was it Golden State started the first quarter. Midway through the first quarter, they were down by 13. They were down 24-11. They finished the quarter on a 18-4 run to close the gap within one. Now, being the fact that I was at my shoot job, I'm like, you know what? I know how I get when I watch any of my teams, any of my sports, whether it's basketball with the Warriors and the Knicks, baseball with the Mets, football with the Jets. I know how I get. So I'm like, you know what? 
I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to listen to it until I get out of work. And by the time I got out of work, I believe it was toward the end of the third quarter. And we were down by like seven. And I looked and I'm like, okay. So I get home. Less than five minutes remaining. We're down by seven. I'm already like, oh, this is some bullshit. I knew this shit was going to happen, blah, blah, blah. My son, he's like, dad, chill. Like, they got more than enough time. I'm like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. To my surprise, which it shouldn't have been, but to my surprise, Golden State goes on a five to two run. No matter of fact, seven to two run toward the end of the game. And they tied up with a chance to win. And do you know who had the chance to win? Draymond Green. He drives to the basket. One person's in front of him. But at no time whatsoever did he look confident. Nor was he looking aggressively to score the basketball. But he had the lane, so time is time is going out. Time is time time is that you know the clock is running down, and he's like, "All right, fuck it," and he drives the lane, and it's like he almost tried to avoid the contact, and he flung the fucking basketball to the hoop and missed the rim by about five inches, overtime. And I looked at my son at that time, I was like. Yeah, game over. He was like, but it's going on overtime. I'm like, no, you, you, you don't understand. The momentum. Yes, they're home. But the momentum. They clawed back, made this a tie game, had a chance to win at the buzzer. And now you have to play an extra five minutes with, by the way, Steph with five fouls. I'm like, Steph is either going to foul out, and now it's going to be a really wrap, or... So we get into overtime and almost in quick fashion, fucking Grayson Allen's bum ass shot back-to-back threes. Draymond shot a three. <gasps> Shock. And then fucking bum ass Tillman who came in for um, uh, Valajunas who fouled out. Shot a three. And I'm like, yo, these bum-ass motherfuckers are shooting threes. <sighs> it's a wrap. Then you got fucking bum-ass, bum-ass Andrew Wiggins. If they don't get this motherfucker off my team. Yeah. He plays decent defense. He plays good defense. But he never shows up when it's fucking the most important part of the fucking game. I don't even know why I'm getting myself bits out of shape, but it is, it's true. And he's shooting fucking threes with confidence, and it's just not even coming close. It's breaking, bang, bang, bang. Missing layups. One time he had a chance to yam this shit, he tried to fucking yeah, lay it up and fucking missed. I'm like this bum ass motherfucker. And uh, yeah. Fucking go to state laws. So, my saving grace, and normally it's the other way around. Usually, all right, my bum ass Knicks are not in the playoffs, and my saving grace would be my Golden State Warriors. So now, uh, situation reversed. Golden State, not even in the fucking tournament, not even fucking playoffs. And my saving grace is. My go-to, my my, my, my my home team, the New York Knicks. So, you know, after the game concludes, I'm like, look, I, 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 I cut my phone off. I don't want to see no notifications. I don't want to read no fucking articles about, yeah, off-season. Fuck, fuck off-season. It's playoff time. Stay fucking healthy. So I'm like, yo, fuck that. Yo, let me go out in the hallway and smoke this cigarette. Yeah, ain't, ain't that a bitch. 
Shot guy in the hallway smoked this cigarette. I see a neighbor of mine. And he all hyped. He's like, yeah, yeah. Yo, what up, son? Yo. Yeah, it's small. It's small. I'm like, small? He's like, yeah, yeah. Fucking Nets. Yo, BK, nigga. <clears throat> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I realized what he was talking about. Because I'm still in, like, the... The mode of yo, my fucking Golden State just got bumped. Not even bumped, they just didn't make it. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Talking about talking about the playoffs. So I was like, I right. I had to I had to shake back into place. Like, oh oh yeah yeah yeah. Yo, playoffs don't start until f fucking Sunday. He was like, nah, they start they start tomorrow. I'm like, nah, they start Sunday, 7 p.m. The Mecca, Madison Square Garden. That's where the playoffs start. He was like, oh, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Took me all out my character. Got me spewing rhetoric on this fucking podcast that I normally don't spew. But y'all caught it, y'all caught it, y'all didn't, y'all didn't. I don't give a fuck. So, yeah. So, that's why I'm kind of in the ornery mood. I'm going to be in an ornery mood until tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Or should I say Sunday, May 23rd, 2021 at 7 o'clock. That's this is the type of mood I'm going to be in until then. And hopefully these motherfuckers don't make me even get even more pissed. All right. Let's start with the Western Conference. Okay. First matchup would be the Utah Jazz against previously mentioned Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, being the fact that I've kind of started a tradition of half-ass previews, this edition is currently being recorded after all the first games of the first round have been completed. So, yeah, just to let y'all know. So, like I was saying, the Utah Jazz versus the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies. Currently, the Memphis Grizzlies, due to a three-point victory late last night, currently hold a one-to-zip lead in the series. All series are best four out of seven. Now, that has to be taken with a caveat because Donovan Mitchell did not play in the first game because he was held out due to his ongoing recovery to his right ankle. He sprained his right ankle. And I woke up this morning to news that Donovan Mitchell was none too pleased with the fact that he was held out of last night's game. And hopefully the newly minted partial owner, D-Wade, will help massage those hurt feelings and he will be ready and rearing to go in game two. But with all that being said, my prediction. My prediction, unfortunately, as much as I dislike Memphis at this current time, I predict that the Memphis Grizzlies will pull out the upset from the eighth seed against the same Utah Jazz. I believe it's going to go seven games. John Morant, Aaron Brooks, and the rest of the crew. I think they're going to get it done. Because for Utah, this is not really a favorable matchup. Because Utah, yes, they were number one in three-pointers made, three-pointers attempted. And I believe three-point uh, three average this season. When you play, when you when you, when you're being played up close, in person, and you do not, or you're not afforded all of the open looks that they have throughout the season, that basket starts to shrink, and when that, that basket starts to shrink, people start to press, and the only person I'm currently confident in on the Utah Jazz to get theirs, regardless of what. It's Donovan Mitchell, but if he's limited by this ankle sprain, 
I believe that might be just enough to push Memphis over the edge with the upset. So I'm calling it Memphis in seven. Second matchup, the Phoenix Suns against the Los Angeles Lakers. Currently, Phoenix leads the series one to zip. Early in the first quarter, Chris Paul suffered a neck injury um, when his teammate inadvertently bumped him going for a rebound. Chris Paul crumpled down into the floor in pain, clutching his neck. At first, I'm not going to lie, the first thing that went in my mind was the fact that, oh shit, maybe uh, that might be a collarbone injury. Being the fact he was able to return to the game, um, even though he was kind of limited, but being the fact he was able to return to the game should dissuade any of Chris Paul's detractors and the fact that he normally gets injured always at the wrong time. For the Lakers, Anthony Davis once again had a subpar game. I believe he only scored 13 points. 13 and 9. LeBron had, I believe he had 19, 11, and 7. But when you see AD either disengaged, limited, timid, non aggressive, all of the above, if you're LeBron, now, I know LeBron feels that he's looking toward everything as a marathon and not a sprint. But being the fact that they are the seventh seed and every matchup is going to be a tough matchup. He's not going to get a cakewalk like, he, like he's normally accustomed to in the first round. Being the fact that all this is happening, I believe LeBron needs to be more aggressive in the next game of the series. And I believe if he's more aggressive, the others, as Shaq likes to say, the role players, they'll feel more beholden to the fact that LeBron is going, to, you know, LeBron is doing his thing. LeBron is doing his thing. So, comes to my prediction. The prediction is this. LeBron, as much as I like to get on him as much as I like to make fun of him as much as I like to quote unquote poke at the bear LeBron I don't believe is getting knocked out in the first round so even though I hope Phoenix moves on in the playoffs my gut is telling me LeBron is going to find a way Phoenix's inexperience in being in the playoffs is going to rear its head sometime in this series. Hopefully not, but I believe it's going to happen. And that is when LeBron and the Lakers, who are the defending champions, are going to take over. So, much to my dismay, my prediction is Lakers in seven. That brings it to the 3-6 matchup, which is a very intriguing matchup. We had the Denver Nuggets, led by hopeful, MVP hopeful, Nikolo, Nikola Jokic, goes against Dame Lillard, CJ, Melo, and them boys, the Portland Trailblazers. Portland currently leads the series one game to zero. This one is a real tough because Denver has shown in the past, especially in the playoffs, that they are a tough out. No game is considered a cakewalk. And even when you think you have them dead and buried, they rear their ugly head to be reckoned with again. Denver has home, home court advantage, which I don't know how big of the advantage it is. I mean, yes, with the altitude, the altitudes, regardless of whether you have a pack house, quarter house, zero fans, the altitude is an advantage in itself. But 
You have, at this current time, in the Portland Trailblazers, Dane is always ready to go in the playoffs. CJ is always willing and able to step up at any given time, and he's guaranteed for a good 20 to 25. You have Melo with a full season under his belt this year and with umpteen's amount of championships. Oh, wait, not championship. I'm sorry. That was a misnomer. But of playoff experience, even if it wasn't successful experience, just for the fact that he's been through the grind, he knows what it takes, and he knows what it definitely doesn't take <laughs> uh, to move on. I really believe that this is when Denver is going to miss the presence of Jamal Murray, who is out with the torn ACL, Michael Porter Jr. He's taking that next step, but the playoffs are a different animal. And it's yet to be known whether or not he can be consistent with his top-notch play. So it's just a matter, it's a numbers game. You have three on the side of the Portland Trailblazers in Dame, CJ, and Melo. And you have one and a half in Jokic and Porter Jr. I mean, I didn't advance past geometry, but I do know three is greater than one and a half. So with that being said, Portland and seven. As you've noticed, the trend is long series because especially in the West, these teams are so evenly matched that it's going to take a call, a whistle, a bounce of the, a bounce of the ball to sway the series in either direction. So we get down to the 4-5 matchup, which is the Clippers, the, L the LA Clippers versus the... Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Dallas is currently leading one game to zero. Dallas has kind of picked up from where they left off in the bubble last year. And the fact that it seems that no one on the Clippers squad this year nor last can even hope to contain Luka Doncic. He's having his way with the whole squad. No matter who they put on him, he's either getting his getting which guy getting space for his own shot or he's creating very shots for others. And it was mentioned over the weekend that what people don't understand or people have a misnomer about the hierarchy when it comes to Dallas. People always think it's Luca and, uh, and and Porzingis. No, no. Actually, it's Luca, Hardaway Jr., then Porzingis. For two reasons: one, just simple availability. Hardaway Jr. is there most often than not. Porzingis. In and out, in and out, in and out. Remember last year, he couldn't even finish the first round of the series. So, in reality, whatever you get from Pazingas is a, is a plus. And that puts them over the top. And as much as I really, really dislike Dallas, I'm going to predict that Dallas is going to win this series in six. And six. And then we're going to sit back and watch the fallout from being bumped in the first round. And uh, the beginning of the drama of does Kawhi stay or does Kawhi go? Paul George, he already, I believe, he already re upped. 
Kawhi did not. Now, as a Knicks fan, part of me wonders that whether or not Kawhi would be interested in coming east. You know, I mean, I would hope that he would be amendable to being coached by Coach Tibbs. I don't. I don't want. I want it to be the full court press, but you put Kawhi on this team, and he helps shoulder the load with Randall. I mean, because we have the space. If he decides to opt out, we have the space. So, I wonder. Or does he stay west? And perhaps joins the Golden State Warriors. But uh, they don't have the space. Cap-wise, it would have to be a trade. And I don't believe that the Clippers are going to do a signing trade for one Andrew Wiggins to give up Kawhi Leonard. And let them be saddled with Andrew Wiggins' last two years at like 70 mil. But, yeah. Dallas in six. And those are my predictions for the Western Conference. Ah! Yeah. Almost forgot. Almost wrapped this shit up too quick. Who do I think is coming out the West? Might as well get it done now since I'm on the Western, Western side of the bracket. My gut tells me Los Angeles... The Lakers will find a way, but I truly believe that a lot of the players on the roster of the Lakers that have a ring from last year don't have that same hunger that they had last year. And LeBron is not going to be able to will his team through such a rugged terrain that is the resting conference like he did in the East by himself. I don't know what's going on with AD. Like I said, AD doesn't look right. And I really believe that he's injured and he's trying to gut his way through, but at the same time, he doesn't want to make it in, make whatever that's nagging him worse. So he's caught in between. So like I said, part of me wants, my gut tells me the Lakers. Yeah, as usual. Well, y'all already know. Anyway, so like I said, my gut tells me the Lakers, but I don't think it's going to be the Lakers. <sighs> Fuck it. Portland. Portland. I believe, actually, I'll take it one step further to give myself a little bit of leeway. I believe the winner of the Portland-Denver series will be the team that represents the Western Conference in the finals. Just for the fact that I'm always pulling for mellow, it's always mellow, stay mellow. I'm gonna choose Portland to come out the West. But uh, yeah. So yeah, that's my prediction for the Western Conference. Now the East. First matchup. Philadelphia 76ers currently hold a one zip lead over the Washington Wizards. The first game of the series showed that Washington can make a series out of it if Philadelphia is not at that full strength, meaning Joel Embiid is not in foul trouble. Tobias Harris dropped 28 in the first half, 37 for the game. Joel dropped a very quiet 30 points, 30 and 13. You have Ben Simmons doing his, his his usual. And uh the game came down to the very final minutes, even with a subpar performance by Russell Westbrook, who had uh 16 points, 13 rebounds, no, 13 assists and like eight rebounds. But it wasn't so much even the even the even the numbers. Or should I say the stats? 
the numbers still prove that until Russ gets a consistent outside shot, he won't advance past the first round. Uh, Bradley Bill had a double-double. He had 30 and 13. But um, if Washington plays at their 100% level and Philly plays at their optimal level, Philly's always going to win. So, with that being said, Philly in five. Second matchup, which would be the Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Gentrification Nets versus the Boston Celtics. The Brooklyn Nets currently lead the series. One game to zip. And, uh, Brooklyn, after having a slow start, turned it on in the second half. And right now, Boston is dealing with the numbers game themselves. The big three versus the big one. Boston has Jalen Brown currently on the sidelines with, I believe, uh, an ankle problem, right ankle sprain. Kimber Walker is just not getting it done, point blank. Supposedly, there's not an injury, injury concern with him, so he's just not getting it done. And Jason Tatum is carrying the load, but one against three. KD, Kyrie, Harden. Sprinkling a little bit of Blake Griffin. It's just too much of a too much firepower for the Boston Celtics to uh to really hold their own. So if things stay the way they are currently, much to my chagrin, Brooklyn in five. Now, that brings us to the 3-6 matchup. The Milwaukee Bucks currently hold a one-zip lead over the Miami Heat. Chris Middleton hit the game winner in game one. Um, Giannis had a very, 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 very subpar game, even though he scored 26 points, but it took 27 shots to do it. He has to be more efficient. Middleton, for his standards, were very inefficient, 10 to 23. But like I said, he scored the winning basket. And I do believe that the newfound versatility with the Bucks, with the addition of Drew Holiday to the lineup, gives them a different look against these same Miami Heat that bumped them out of the playoffs last year. And home field advantage, a true home field advantage, will be key and has already proven to be so. With all those things that I've just listed, Miami, maybe they regret what they were looking looking for. Because remember, they made a point to lose their last two games to, certif- to, um, <clears throat> to lock in on the sixth seed to go against the Milwaukee Bucks because they felt that Milwaukee was a better matchup for them. Be careful what you ask for. Milwaukee in six. Now that brings us, last but not least, to my, our New York Knicks, who are currently trailing the Atlanta Hawks one game to zip. What I noticed in the game what a follow. One. Alfred Payton. Much to my chagrin. Needs to stay in the lineup. Because of the following. Derrick Rose played 37 minutes. He's really allowed it to play 25 30 at the most for optimum roles. Derrick Rose plays more minutes than Alfred Payton, but they're staggered out. Now, if you remove Alfred Payton from the lineup, from the starting lineup, and you insert Derrick Rose, 
number one, that throws the whole balance of the offense off because now in the starting lineup you have Randall, who's used to his allotted amount of shots. You have Barrett, who's used to his allotted amount of shots. You have Bullock. Not saying you're taking, you should not make adjustments to take away, you know, to be afraid to take away shots from Bullock. But at the same time, starting out the game, there's there's a certain rhythm, there's a certain there's a certain hierarchy when it comes to the offense. Now you insert Derrick Rose in, you want him to be aggressive, so therefore somebody has to take a step back, and you don't have that same that same firepower coming off the bench. Number one, number two, if it's not Derrick Rose. Who you replace Alfred Payton with? Who is it? Same could be said that I said about Derrick Rose being inserted into the starting lineup. Can be said with Emmanuel Quickly. He's needed for firepower, a spark off the bench, to go against the other team's reserves, to to show you know to take advantage of the matchups that come with going against reserves if it's not him who is it a lot of people say Nilakina Nilakina come on give it give it to Frank give it to Frank one problem after all these years so far Frank Nilakina has yet to prove that he can actually run a team run an offense he is a wing defender a very strong wing defender but a wing defender he is not a floor general. So, what's the other option? That's the dilemma. As much as I hate Alfred Payton and his game, and the fact that he can't knock down an open shot, he can't have a consistent floater, he can't be consistently getting to the foul line, he does to a certain degree, organize the offense. He keeps everything in line. But if his defense is not equaling the amount of output, or should I say the lack of output that his offense is, then it's a problem. He's a net zero. He's a net negative, to tell you the truth. So, now you can think outside the box, if... We're talking about just being hysterical, going hysterical, going in panic mode. But we're not there yet. We're down one zip. Julius Randle had his worst game of the season. Six of 25 from the field. Barrett was six of 19 from the field. And it took a Trey Young floater with less than a second remaining to, to win. Do you, do you not believe that Tips is going to come up with some type of game plan to lock down Trey Young or at least contain him more so than he was in the first in the first game? The problem became that we allowed Trey to pick the poison that he was going to inject us with to pick and roll. Being the fact that you have to respect his three-point range, the Knicks did the correct thing at the time by fighting over the screen. But when you when when which girl, when you fought over the screen, you allowed a matchup to take place and allowed the big to be free for various lobs, various alleys, various second chance points, opportunities. So, what do you do? Do you go under the screen and allow Trey to go off? And that way you contain everybody else? Or do you still try to lock Trey down and in that way, allows him to get everybody else cooking. I think the answer 
is pretty much self-aware, self-known. You allow Trey to cook. Allow him to drop 40. Keep everybody else on the 15. I believe that will probably be the plan, the game plan. They won't overt, overtly double team because, like I said, that's just going to leave everybody else to get hot. So they're not going to double team. But allow Trey to start feeling himself. Allow him to think that he was the sole reason or is the sole reason that his team is getting is garnering success. And uh, try it that way. Because at the end of the day, I'm still not scared of the Atlanta Hawks. I'm still not shaking in my boots. All right, we're down one zip. Look at it this way. Who would have thought that we'd be in this position to begin with at the beginning of the season? Who would have thought as recently as the, as the beginning of this month that we were going to be the four seed? So this team has shown time and time and time and time again a way to persevere that being down one zip in a series doesn't really scare me. So with all that being said, who do I predict? Fuck you think who, I, who, I, who I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict the Knicks. Knicks in seven. I, look, I, look, it's going to be the way the whole season's been. It's always, it's been a whole grind. So why wouldn't the first first round be a grind? Look, look, we ain't, we ain't world beaters here. You know, we're 15 players that, that function as one. We're the big 15. Words to jewels. So, yeah, Nixon seven. Now, who comes out the who who comes out the East? <sighs> Damn. My gut tells me Brooklyn is gonna come out the East. My heart, of course, don't want Brooklyn to come out the East. I believe Milwaukee's gonna come out the East. So that gives me a, gets a dilemma whether or not um who I'm gonna choose. So I'm gonna choose um Milwaukee. Milwaukee coming out the coming out the east. So that means it would be Milwaukee versus Portland. Ugh. That's a nasty ass finals. I don't even think I would make time out of my schedule to watch that finals. Even though those are my predictions. But that's what I that's what that's who I'm gonna predict. Milwaukee versus Portland, and I think Portland is going to get their first chip. Shake up the hierarchy around here. Fuck it. Steph ain't even in the fucking playoffs, like I said in the last segment, or the segment before last, or whatever the fuck. And as much as I'm a believer of my New York Knicks, I ain't drunk. I ain't lost my mind. I believe the Knicks probably get into the get to the get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Would that be possible? Four versus three? Yeah. Yeah, that could be possible. So, yeah. So, Milwaukee versus Portland. Portland gets their first chip. And those are my NBA half-ass playoff predictions. <laughs> well, people, <laughs> we're finally at the end of another episode. I don't even know if I was actually late with this episode. I mean, late in the terms of the fact that I, really, I really got to get the fuck out of here. Because I'm currently sitting in the car recording. And while I've been recording, maybe to explain why there's been awkward pauses, um, there's a guy that's like panhandling on the corner of this block, right? But he's being very aggressive about it. Like he's standing in front of cars while they at the red light. And I guess this last one, the guy, well, the person in the car rolled down their window, I guess, to talk to him. And the guy actually looked like he was either yelling at him and he actually spit inside the car. So that's why I said, yo, I really need to get the fuck out of this location before he spots me and try to figure out, yo, the fuck was he doing in that car so i'm saying this shit as public record just in case y'all don't hear my fucking voice again 
<laughs> anyway, sorry for that tangent. Yeah, but we're finally at the end of another edition of a very eventful Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh podcast. Like I said, I don't know if I'm actually late with this episode or not. I'm late because of the fact that it was supposed to be an NBA playoff preview, and I'm giving you said preview when one game has been played in all of the series. And or am I late because I'm dropping this on a Monday and my last episode was last Friday, even though my normal episodes usually drop on Saturday. Y'all got that? I hope y'all did. Should I go with the plugs? Fuck it. Let's go with the plugs. Easytree.me slash world of Donnie Ooh for all things Donnie Ooh. Donnie Ooh podcast merch. Donnie Ooh music. And Donnie Chow. Yeah. Those who don't know about Donnie Chow, Donnie Chow, he's even a more fucked up individual than Donnie Ooh is. Ha. Anyway, I sense a ramble coming on. And like I said, I think I need to get out this current location. So, until this coming Saturday, I bid y'all all adieu. Goodbye. Ding dong. Ding dong. Ding dong. Uh, let me see. Ding dong. Ding dong. Hello? Ding dong. Hello? It's me, Bailey, and I beat everybody, everybody. more than once. Ding dong. Been there, done that. Ding dong. We gotta go. Oh, fuck me. Damn it. I'm such a goof. I done forgot the one thing that I wanted to put my two cents, or should I say my two pieces of fucking salt on. I did this whole fucking episode, and I can't believe I fucked up. So, (laughs) Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan, the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks, before the beginning of the series, had the audacity to say to the media that he told his team to be prepared for the fact that they weren't going to get the majority of the calls because there's a bias in everybody in the world. The league, the media, the public wants New York to win in advance. So therefore, they're going to make the powers that be i.e. the league, we're going to make sure they're going to put give the Knicks every opportunity to advance. Are you out your effing mind? Like, literally, are you out your effing mind? The Knicks getting the benefit of the doubt? The Knicks being on the side of getting biased treatment? For? Not against? The New York Knicks had not been in the playoffs for eight years. Even the one year we were in the playoffs, we were still treated as the butt of the joke. For the last eight years, up until this current season, even part of this current season, people were thinking that this is fool's gold. Like, no, that's a mirage. That shit ain't happening. We've never gotten our respect for nothing. So the one time... We don't have that marquee superstar that we actually did it the correct way, the right way, and got to what we deserve, not what we was given, what we deserve. This motherfucker is going to have the audacity to say that the cards are on the table, that it's being planned for the Knicks to win. Everything is going to be slanted toward the Knicks. Are you serious I mean I, I heard the clip I heard a clip from last night's game the um the the, the new uh the Atlanta Hawks radio team commentary team and they acted like they won the effing championship yes the Atlanta Hawks win the game we did it we went against everybody because everybody chose the New York Knicks to just have an easy time with us. That we were just a pushover. We were the underdog and we did it, baby. It's game one of a 4-5 matchup in the first round of the NBA playoffs. This is the type of mentality 
that's going on down in the fucking ATL. Should have known something was wrong with y'all. Fucking ATLians. Yeah, that's what they call them, right? Fuck. Only reason I'm not going to give that much slander to Atlanta is the fact that I have roots. Well, I was saying I have roots. My wife has roots in Atlanta. I have in-laws in Atlanta. In the Atlanta area, I should say. So I'm not going to give the amount of slander that they actually really deserve right now. So y'all better thank my Lewis Snapback box for not getting on y'all. Because... <laughs> Shit. I thank everybody for the Lewis Snapback box. Only available in my apartment, but neither here there, because like this is like a really something that I just had to cram this shit in. Nate McMillan was fined twenty five thousand dollars for such asinine statements, and now he's walked it back and he said, you know, I I I I, I shouldn't have did that, but he did, and he got fined accordingly, and he should have got fined triple that amount, should have fined his ass a hundred thousand dollars just for the fact that his him speaking the words New York Knicks and bias for in the same fucking sentence. I mean, Nate, he knows better. He knew better. If you know better, you do better. But Nate knew better. He tried to galvanize his troops to make his, his, his young, inexperienced team believe that it's them against the world. I get that. But you... But the target that you just put on the New York Knicks for the fact that we're for once we're decent, for once we're actually fucking decent with the actual future, and you're talking about everything is going to be slanted and I'll direct fuck out of here. But yeah, so he got fined, and uh, that's the only thing that's. Give me a little angst in the fact that the Knicks lost their first game. Just for the fact that I wanted to stick it to this motherfucker. Little hammerhead motherfucker. Nate McMillan. Don't get me wrong. Great coach. Very underrated coach. Great coach. He's done a lot with a little about little bit of talent that he's had in previous spots. He was a integral part of Indiana's kind of resurrection in the last couple years. Prior to that, I believe he was the head coach for the Portland Trailblazers in the past, I believe, during the LaMarcus Aldridge um, era and um, the Brandon Roar era. So he can coach. He's a good to great coach. That's why I'm so pissed off for the fact that he's spewing such fucking dumbass rhetoric around. Because he know better. But yeah. Fuck a Nate McMillan. Fuck a Trey Young. Fuck Atlanta Hawks. I said it. Y'all know where to find me. On every streaming platform. From here to kingdom come. Now. See y'all next week. Bye.